Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the fatherhood authority. Kenneth Braswell. Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell. I'm here at Arissa um, here in Savannah, Georgia, um, celebrating their diamond, diamond anniversary, 60 years in doing this work. And I uh, was invited to come out and do I Am Dad Podcast here. And I'm so glad I did that because I've been able to talk to a bunch of very powerful people around the country, influential people doing work in all aspects of this space around, particularly child support, fatherhood, and you name it. But these are the influencers. The Mm -hmm. folks that are at this conference are the folks that are the influencers around the country. And this gentleman that I got a chance to meet yesterday randomly just sitting down in the, in the, the, um, I want to say hallway, because I'm from the city, right? Mm -hmm. We always meet people in the hallway. Um, John Genwright, and um, he is from the great state of Missouri. Um, He is the Deputy Director for the Department of Social Services Family Support Division of Child Support in Missouri. And him and I were just chopping it up. Just we sat down and I, you know, people will tell you I could talk to her. I could start a conversation with a rock. I could sit (laughs) next to a rock and just have a conversation for like an hour. Um, But John, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, Very excited to be here. Very. When I met you yesterday, it was like I was meeting a superstar because I've been listening and watching this (laughs) podcast for a long time. And so, you know, the cool thing about the podcast is that it has evolved. Um, You know, my original uh, thought about this thing is that I wanted to become a vocal voice of the field Mm -hmm. and not through my own voice, but through the voices of others um, who don't get the chance to kind of hear that the system is not after you, right? That there are humans behind the system humans who have gone through the same things you've gone through and they understand you with a level of empathy when they're going through these issues and particularly for our fathers on the ground who really think that everybody is against them you know that there are people behind the scenes that look like you Um, they're from the same spaces that you're from and so to have conversations you know about this work is really important tell me a little bit about your bio um, that I didn't say to anybody. Hmm. Well, my na- as he said, my name is John Genwright. I am the deputy director for the Family Support Division in the state of Missouri. The Family Support Division is probably one of the larger divisions in Missouri. It encompasses all of the public assistance program, SNAP, TAF, uh, SNAP, TANF, SNAP. Uh, the I knew what you were trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> coming out both ways. Uh, workforce development. Uh, Rehab services for the blind and also child support enforcement or child support. And my main emphasis is I oversee and manage the child support program for the state of Missouri. I am the equivalent of the director for child support in Missouri. Uh, I've been working in child support since the early 90s, started in St. Louis City, uh, worked my way up to the Capitol in 2000, have been up there the last 20 something years in just about every capacity. Uh, uh, my, my thing is, I did everything anybody else did not want to do, mm-hmm. and sooner or later, uh, they said, do you want to run this thing? And I said, sure. But one of the things that I told them when I said, uh, 
they gave me the opportunity was that in order for me to do it correctly, you're going to have to let me extend our outreach and into different segments of the community that uh, we were in. So that's the great opportunity about being in a position of leadership is that you have an opportunity to leave your mark. Mm. If you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know I start out with this. And so because it humanizes the conversation, it humanizes the person I'm talking to. And it gives people a perspective of um, what somewhat the backdrop is from the person I'm talking to. And that question always is, tell me your daddy's story. Uh, my daddy's story is that uh, uh, my father passed away early in my life, but he taught me what a father was. Mm. And sometimes, and I, I've used that uh, when I'm working with the fatherhood groups now, because you know, some folks think that fatherhood is, is that lifetime commitment, but it starts the day you want to make that commitment. And it's, it's, you know, if you haven't been in your child's life the first 12 years, that doesn't mean you can't be in it the next 50 years or the next five years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it starts there. And, and I think that's the impact that that had on me is the fact that it doesn't matter how long you're there as long as you make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. So Missouri is a... Um been for the past probably 10 years or so a hotbed of conversation for a number of different reasons sure. but we won't go there yet we will make a connect <laughs> to that um, but talk to me a little bit about why Missouri is different Missouri is different because uh, Missouri is made up of a lot of different types of communities uh, it has a, a large rural area but then it has its urban metropolitan areas such as Kansas City and St. Louis that anchor both parts of the state and then it has your university towns like uh, Springfield, Missouri, and University of Missouri, which is in Columbia. And then it has the, uh, uh, the Boot Hill area in Southeast Missouri, which is uh, not poverty stricken, but uh, it, it, it has some issues to, that, that folks are working through and we're trying to work through. So it has a little bit of everything. I think that uh, when you drive around Missouri, you kind of encompass what this country is all about mm -hmm. and a little bit of everything, and you can see it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every, Ethnic, ethnic races that you would think of, there's beds of them everywhere. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit of everything. How'd you get into this space? Was it a passion and calling or was it career path? It was a career path. It was a career path. I'm not too sure that there's too much of a difference between your calling and your career path because um, your calling is within you, your career path is what you do. Mm -hmm. But as I said earlier, you have to make find a way to merge those two. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of folks struggle with that because they think, okay, in order for me to do what my calling is, I'm going to have to leave where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's opportunities no matter where you're at to see to your calling as well. Yeah, that's awesome because your calling can be within. That's correct. Right? People just believe I got to leave yeah. to like build my own kingdom. Exactly. Right? When it comes to callings. Exactly. So from your perspective, you know, we're here at this child support conference that's the conversation now i've heard you speak a little bit i spoke to you a little bit about this child support in missouri like where are you now with child support like what are the bigger issues or are those issues similar around the country or are there unique issues in missouri as it relates to child support the one thing about child support is child support in any state is going to be the same it's either <laughs> you're paying you're not paying uh, you're running from us or you know it is it's something that is crosses over all states because a lot of the child support cases in Missouri are what we call, call interstate cases. So one parent lives in Missouri, one parent lives in Texas or 
California. So not all the child support uh, cases in Missouri or any state are contained, self-contained to that state. So it crosses over. Mm -hmm. I think that the main issue, child support issue is, uh, and I tell this to my uh, team, all the, my outreach team all the time, is debunking the myths. Mm -hmm. Debunking the myths of child support. Mm -hmm. Funny thing about the word myth is 90% of myths are grounded in some form of truth. And what, when you think about it, so that's how a myth happens, because you, you start off with that little silver of truth, and then it grows to something that might not be true. Mm -hmm. So when we go out and discuss a child support program, we actually try to cut it down to, okay, here's the truth, here's what you heard, and, and those not, might not always equal up. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not uh, naive to think that some of those myths aren't true because some of those myths need to be debunked on the state side, not necessarily on, on, on the non-custodial parent or the custodial parent side, they need to be debunked on our side. And so, you know, when I work through it in the state of Missouri and conferences like this, one of the reasons that I attend conferences like this is so I can extend my reach, so I can extend the vision that I have, which is that we have to do a better job in child support, not just to sell what we're doing, but to improve on what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that that really kind of sums up uh, the child support issues is you have to get to the core of it and really let everybody know exactly how this system operates and how to basically win within the system. Mm -hmm. The system ain't gonna change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I, you know, what I'll do is I'm gonna give you the rule book. Right. I'm gonna give you the rule book. I'm gonna get you, give you the processes. And then you're going to be smart enough to learn how to play that game. And, and that's, that's basically what most individuals want. They want to be told the truth. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'll start it off by telling everybody, child support will ruin your life. Don't get me wrong. That's not a myth. <laughs> like child any system. will ruin your life like any system. Mm -hmm. But there's a way for it not to ruin your life. Right. And that's kind of the conversations that we have with our fathers. You know, it's interesting because I kind of started my professional career, my, I had started Fathers Incorporated before I started working for the state of New York. Um, but when I started my fatherhood work in the state of New York, it was within the New York State Child Support Enforcement Agency, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I used to have to contend with a little bit was, you know, I got a lot of friends who are also police officers. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I would hear from them is that, you know, it's very difficult to be both black and blue. Right. And so I'm going to assume that you get a chance to be in a space and talking directly to fathers and they know what you do. Yeah. And you're trying to be a black man with a level of empathy and understanding and yet working for what they consider to be, you know, the enemy. Sure. Right. What does that look like for you? How do you help them understand that that's not what this is about? That's not why I'm here. I'm really trying to hear which is what the core mission is to make sure that your child has the resources that they need to be able to live the kind of life that they deserve to live. It doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with me coming after you. The circumstance just happens to be in order to come and get you, I got to come and get you because you're not coming to me, right? So what does that look like for you? You know, it, it's, it's the same thing that, that it is for the police officers or anybody uh, that has to go home to their friends or their family mm -hmm. and you're 
working for the man or, or you're working <laughs> from the inside out. It's, but it becomes down to you got to be yourself. Right. You got to be yourself. You know, I'm the same way with the friends I grew up with uh, in, in St. Louis that I am with the individual that I work with in Jefferson City. And, you know, you have to be uh, you. Uh, and once they realize that, that you're not the person that's going to take off a mask at night, mm -hmm. you're, what you see is what you get. Right. And whether or not I'm, I'm in North St. Louis or I'm in Jefferson City or I'm at the University of Missouri, I'm going to talk the same way. I'm going to be the same way. I'm the same person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it has to be your uniqueness and they have to feel that you're legitimately not trying to run a game on them. Mm -hmm. One of the big things about our community, which I love, is they can game identifies game. Right. <laughs> you know, they know when you're running game on it, and they know when you tell them the truth because a lot of times that truth may hurt, mm -hmm. but they're, they're going to be grateful that you told them the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll tell them right, I'm straightforward. You know, if you don't get this straight now, you can probably go to jail for this. You can probably lose your license for this. You're going to probably do this, but there's a different way mm -hmm. if, if you take another path, which mm -hmm. is basically just pay a little bit of something. If you can't pay the whole support, pay a little bit of something, and then normally that stays off the wolves at the door. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I was just talking about this earlier, and I was talking about how, you know, a lot of this work, particularly with these dads, is about stop sugarcoating the conversation, exactly. right? And so, listen, no, the reality is you need to take care of your damn kids, right? Exactly. And by any means necessary. That was why this, I mean, this thing started for a whole bunch of different reasons, but at its core, it is about taking care of your children. And so, you know, where, you, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I did not pay child support, but I paid child support, Sure. right? And so, the mother of my child and myself, we knew what it took to, to, to adequately finance what our child had to do. We split it 50, everything, <laughs> every, every, everything. And I used to always tell fathers, like, do you think if I could have just paid child support, if it was about money, that I wouldn't have said, put me on child support because the amount of money I'm spending not on child support exactly. is, is, is serious. And you need to kind of understand those things and that child support is not just about your um, financial obligation. It's simply about what the word says, supporting your child. Child support is supporting your child is a part of that. And particularly when it comes to um, individuals that were previously incarcerated and how long they were incarcerated, and they come home, and they still think a loaf of bread costs 50 cents, sure. Sure. right? And you complaining about a $50 a month child support order. I'm like, that $50 don't even, it's gone before it hits the bank, right? Okay. It, it, it disappears. And so when you're working with the dads in Missouri, like, what's the thing that keeps you up at night that you want to see change? You hit on it a little bit earlier, uh, you know, why child support started. And uh, when I talked about the myths, how, you know, everything is grounded in a little bit of truth. Is uh, One of the big myths out there is, you know, this is a, basically a state-run game for, to make money. Mm -hmm. The government's going to make money off of it. And that kind of was grounded in truth back in the day because one of the reasons why child support was initially initiated as a program was to pay back town. Mm -hmm. And, um, but one of the other things is that due to certain political circumstances, the TANF time period that you can be on TANF has, has been cut back. 
And so that has kind of mystified or, or demystified that because in Missouri, uh, which uh, you know have, we, we have one of the stringent stringentest uh, tan, uh, TANF uh, requirements in the country, you got 43 months. You got 43 months and you have to be drug tested, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. So we only have about 10,000 people on TANF in Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, which means that it is no longer a money generating revenue. Where, where before, when I first started in the 90s, we were self-funded and we because we, we could retain so much of the ton of funds that, that, were, that we were collecting, but mm-hmm. that, that source dried up. Right. Um, so one of the good things about that is since the state no longer has a finan- financial involvement in it, we're just here as an intermediate between the mother and if they ever get to the point where they can work it out, like you said that you would, you could work it out, or you worked out with your family, you don't need us no more. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. We have 300,000 300, child support cases in Missouri. Mm-hmm. If you close one down, that doesn't affect me. I call that a success, kind of like the it's a wonderful world. Every time you hear a, a bell, it's, it's another child support case plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, that's what it is. I mean, that's a success. Mm-hmm. If, if we can be part of the solution to reunite families, because mm-hmm. what happens a lot of times is there's no trust between the two parties, the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. And part of that trust is there's been no financial support. Mm-hmm. And once that financial support starts trickling in, be it just a little bit of money, then that other party says, okay, maybe this is a difference. Mm-hmm. And then if that gets them talking to the point where they can say, okay, we're gonna try to work this out ourselves. Mm-hmm. They can come come to us, close the case, and you know we're gonna be here if things don't work out. Mm-hmm. Child support folks ain't ever going nowhere. <laughs> so you know where to find us if you need us, but you don't necessarily always have to need us. And that, that's one of the good things about those TANF roles being cut back because now we can step out whenever you want us to step out. Is it becoming more complicate, complicated to manage child support? I'm tell you where this is coming from. Yesterday I went to a workshop and the workshop was, let me see if I can find it real quick on my thing. I, this, what happened is I saw this and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Let me go to this workshop. And it ended up not being what I thought it was going to be. And I don't see the word. Oh, here it is here. So it was called going beyond the basics, expanding paternity establishment for modern families. And so when I walked in there, I'm thinking, oh, it's paternity established. There's a lot of conversation now going on around paternity and paternity knowledge forms and all that kind of stuff. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. I walked out of there and I was like, I wasn't expecting that conversation, but yeah, it was around that. It was about, you know, as, as Robin Harris would say, test two babies and all of these, you know, all of these kinds of ways that children are born and how do you manage the child support system to establish who um, has paternal rights and who's the father and all that other kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, wow, this thing is really evolving into some things that looks very complicated. Is it more complicated now than it was? When you first got in it? It's more complicated, but not for the child support processors, which is myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we do is uh, we take the statutes that are either passed on the federal or state level and then we implement them. Mm-hmm. So that's not our decision. Um, you know, whether or not you, uh, you accept a dual parentage in the same-sex couples, 
um, that's a decision that is, is left up to the each state's general assembly. Mm -hmm. And when they pass that, then basically we have to implement it. So it's, it's not as complicated or I don't lose any sleep over that because you know, when the laws change, the laws change, and you, you either agree with them or you don't agree with them, and you try to make it work. So, um, but the questions around how child support is going to be intergrained within state statutes, mm -hmm. those are heavy type questions, but those are done by the politicians, the legislators, and then they pass the laws, and then we look at them at the end of the session and say, okay, how are we going to make this work? <laughs> right, 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 right. And then, so today, I walk into a workshop that you were the moderator of, and I've been, so, funny thing. So, I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to the conversation, and a good friend of mine is, you know, he's really into cannabis, right? <laughs> and so, I pull up my phone, and I said to him, I'm at a child support conference sitting in a workshop on how the child support system is structuring policy to engage enforcement cannabis businesses so this was his response and you know i'm cussing out loud what in the entire so let's track fathers through their cannabis purchases so i have a question when are we moving to ghana like this was his response today yet another works probably already, tra already tracking them but he just don't know that's what i said i didn't respond to him yet i was like Dude, you ain't getting away from this and to be honest with you in essence of the conversation, it doesn't have anything to do with the cannabis. It has to do with this is an emerging economic factor right. to which people are being employed and another mechanism to which money can be insured for children who need children. That's right. And so when I saw that, I, when I, so while I'm sitting there, that's what I was thinking about. And when he responded that way, I was like, this ain't got nothing to do with cannabis. This is because the thing that I loved about what they kept um, interchanging the conversation with was the gig economy, yeah. right? Which is, we're not talking about the gig economy, that this is similar to the gig economy. How is that changing the difficulty in child support enforcement with the emergence of all of, particularly after COVID, mm -hmm. has changed the world? Like what has changed so significantly, you know, during COVID now that makes it more difficult for enforcement? I think the structure of what we call traditional employment mm. has changed dramatically since 2020. And um, when, when, and it's, it's changed for good. I don't think we ever gonna get back to where we were, um, but that's not to say that where we were was better than where we're at now. Okay. Um, I, I think that the gig economy and other ways to uh, make money, uh, it, it, it impedes child support a lot because you can always, if, if you're working for Uber, you can go work for Lyft. When I called my Uber last night to pick me up and take him for dinner, the guy showed up and he had a Lyft sign in his car and because he's working multiple, he's working them all just, just to try to make as much money as he can. Mm -hmm. um, so when the uh, child support, uh, when we send those withholding orders or we try to collect, you can just move on to the next gig economy and keep on rolling. Um, so it's, it makes it difficult. But as I say when I speak to my, do my outreach work, uh, don't be fooled by your game because my game is the same because at the end of the point, you still, you're not paying your child support. Mm -hmm. And when you, when, as, as the further you avoid paying their child support, the more trouble it's gonna cause for you. Mm -hmm. So you're delaying the inevitable. You, you, you're, you're not getting away with it because as those arrears start getting higher, 
that's when the uh, the the, uh, the thought of maybe you you having to sit down to it with a prosecutor or criminal non-support, civil contempt, you lose your license, you lose your freedom. That's when that happens. When you the further you run away from that debt, so mm-hmm. um, on the one end, it's going to make it a lot more difficult to collect because you can just go to that next gig economy. But on the other hand, it's going to cause you a lot more trouble later down the road. Mm. Um, Missouri is a state that um, had one of our fatherhood champions that has now passed away, uh, Mr. Halbert Sullivan. Sure. Um, His agency is still there. And as I like to say, killing the game. Oh, yeah. Like they are killing the game and impacting fathers. Um, how is Missouri faring in working specifically with fathers? What does the fatherhood space look like in Missouri? Um, I'm glad that you mentioned Halbert Sullivan. Halbert Sullivan was a very close friend of mine. We would talk probably at least once every two weeks. Mm. Uh, we saw actually when I left St. Louis, uh, in, in 99 or 2000, he was just getting started with his father's support organization. And he was on the, we worked in the same building. Mm-hmm. And we kind of crossed each other's paths and we would wave. And then it was funny that uh, 15 years later, we meet up in another meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you knew Halbert, but you know, Halbert remembered faces, but not names. Right, like me. Yeah, so, so, so Halbert's <laughs> looking at me and say, I know you from somewhere. I was like, yeah, we, you know, and he was, but, but, and so we, we started talking. Um, and we realized how much we had in common. And uh, basically what we had in common was our desire to help the local community. Um, so we started partnering with Halbert uh, probably in 2014, and that was the time that I, you know, I, I think Halbert may have been one of my first calls. Wow. And uh, we started partnering with him, and at that point there wasn't no money. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you have individuals in need and we have a, a, a service that we can provide mm-hmm. uh, because child support is a barrier in fatherhood. Mm-hmm. And you know, so, so basically, we, we, I gave him a child support employee to handle everybody that went through his, uh, his fatherhood classes. Mm-hmm. Um, after week one, he would send the name over to me. We would look at their child support cases. We have, have a child support symposium. We would, that, that person would become their caseworker. And so they knew who that person was. <clears throat> Whenever they got that letter, they would call them and say, hey, I got this letter. And um, that's, that's how we started. I mean, that's how we started in Missouri. Then about two years later, when they uh, reduced the TANF time that I was talking about from 60 to 43, one of the things that was added on to uh, that statute was 2% of the of savings would have to go to towards fatherhood programs Um, that has equaled out to about 2.5 million a year Mm -hmm. what we did with the 2.5 million was we established fatherhood programs across the state we have uh, six regions and six different fatherhood organizations including the uh, formerly father support center which is now fathers and family support center Mm -hmm. Uh, and we have five other ones in the region so we have six contracted fatherhood programs across the state. Mm -hmm. Along with, we have another about six or seven programs aimed at employment, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, you know, youth within that 2.5 that we get. Mm -hmm. And then we took that and now we've kind of flipped that. So we're, most of these are TANF funds. I don't know if you're familiar with the TANF funds, but uh, that's something that a lot of states really need to explore because they can use their fatherhood dollars if they're TANF eligible. And by TANF eligible, it doesn't mean that you're receiving TANF. It's if you would meet the TANF eligibility, right. which is basically mm -hmm. uh, poverty, you know, the poverty limit and whether or not you have a child under the age 18. And, and mm -hmm. most fatherhood groups, that's, you know, you're gonna fit into that. Mm -hmm. And so right now, I think we're up, up around six or $7 million that uh, we're, we're, we're expending to organize, organizations that help fathers. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of work that's taking place now around the country is in the fatherhood space, you know, find itself in urban centers around sure. the country, right? And so there's, when it falls in the urban space, there's a race element around it, you know, and there's a lot of conversations specifically about fathers of color and more specifically black fathers. Uh, some years ago, there was this case that everybody remembers with um, Mike Brown. And one of the interesting things, I remember watching this thing play itself out on TV the night of the, right before the riots or right at the start of the riots was happening. And so I'm watching TV because I just kind of see this stuff, right? Yeah. I don't know what it is about me that kind of sees this stuff. And so they were doing a press conference and they was coming on telling the community to, to you know, calm down, okay. not to, um, you know, less more even heads prevail, right? And so when people know the story, they knew that uh, Mike's mother and the dad weren't together, that she was already remarried. And so there was this scene where they were showing the mom and they were doing the interview and Mike's brown dad was standing in the backdrop and he wasn't saying anything. He was just in the backdrop. And then they flipped and they went downtown. And downtown was the stepfather on top of a car with a bullhorn saying what he said. And my mind went to, whoa, look at this fatherhood thing playing itself mm -hmm. out, right? Where you have one father on one extreme voicing his opinion in a very loud and public way. And another one with the same feelings, the same trauma, the same issues that is totally silent unrecognized and and not giving the ability to express and when we're doing this fatherhood work we have those two dads and everybody in between right i agree and so when you think about that occurrence in missouri and working specifically with black men has it changed any since that time um are you paying more attention to working specifically with low-income black men in places like st louis ferguson and other cities um, where they are, or for you guys, to your point about the diversity, it's just really, we trying to serve anybody that needs service. Uh, a lot has changed, uh, but a lot has remained the same as well. Mm. Um, there have been, uh, you know, uh, we are a, uh, the type of state that we have, uh, we, we have a, a very good governor at, at this point in time that, that is really ha is in tune to uh, uh, the issues in the metropolitan area. And, but one of the things that, uh, that there's been some money that, that has, has anti-violence, anti-poverty, um, but sometimes uh, you just can't throw money at a problem. Right. Um, you know, you, you have to actually dig in and get those soldiers on the ground and, and work with them. You know, there's many, many failed programs that were well-funded. 
Okay. And, and, <laughs> and, and, Great way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but yeah, there, there has been some change, um, but we're nowhere near uh, where we need to be as far as being done. But it, the change, uh, we're not static. Um, but uh, like I said, we're nowhere near where, where we could say, you know, we're done here. Mm-hmm. What's the work left to be done in Missouri? What's the thing that keeps you up at night that's like, man, I really would like to have impact this and make numbers. a real change? Numbers? It's the numbers. Okay. It's, it's the numbers of, and, and I struggle with this when, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff on the pre-parenthood work as far as um, catching those kids before they have kids to let them know what a big responsibility is and and on the fatherhood side is the same way it's like you know you're building it brick by brick Mm -hmm. but if you're building it brick by brick you're always looking down and you only have one brick in your hand and you have this whole wall that you got to build and so yeah that's the thing that is like how do we get this done brick by brick so that we're making a a big enough impact uh, so that, that that it'll affect anything so you really have to keep on focusing on, you know, one brick at a time. Mm. How can people help? What can anyone do to kind of help make your job easier? Uh, you know, I still have family members and nephews and cousins and, and, and folks that, uh, uh, that get in a child support situation. And it's do the right thing. Mm. You know, do the right thing. But, you know, they need to also express that, not just within, but their outer and inner circle. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when, um, when your friend has a, a child out of wedlock, you're going to be a man about it. You, you, you're going you're to actually be a father. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get it twisted. Whether or not you're paying your child support has nothing to do with whether or not you're a good and, uh, you know, the measure of fatherhood is not how much child support you're paying. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be considered a factor in whether or not you can move on down the line um, with fathering your child. Has housing become an issue? I don't know if that was going to be my last question, but I just kind of thought about this. Has housing become an issue for non-custodial parents in Missouri? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a big issue. It's a big issue. issue. We right. have a new initiative um, that we're working with. Have what we call as an engagement unit, mm-hmm. um, where before a case goes to the prosecutor's office, they're given an opportunity to come to the engagement unit, and we try to work through their barriers to not barriers to success, but barriers to stopping them uh, from paying their child support. And as you can assume, the number one barrier, of course, is employment. Right. Um, but uh, coming across, coming around the corner really quick is housing, transportation. Um, but uh, and it's almost in reverse, right? Because <clears throat> you gotta eat first. <laughs> you gotta eat. So you gotta have food. Then you need to have shelter. It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy. You gotta eat, you gotta have shelter, you gotta have transportation, then you can work. And I think a lot of times you think that your 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 barrier is employment, but no, your barrier is that you ain't got nowhere to lay your head, to bathe, to get to work. So it's not just employment, because they'll tell us, you know, well, my barrier is I need a job, and well, where are you living at? Well, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm couch surfing, or we had one individual that said that he was living in a shelter, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, where's the shelter at? And he was like, uh, it's a storage shelter. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and becoming a huge issue. That's that's becoming well. a huge issue now. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's it's those types of things. So yes, housing is a component, and it's a bigger component than sometimes they don't even realize they have a housing issue because they, you know, they're getting up every day, but you don't have an address. Right. You you need to get this straight situated. Otherwise, when you get that job, you're not going to be there long. You got to have everything in order so when you go to work, you're going to be able to self self service and and, and keep that job. Mm -hmm. And those things are attached to things like parenting time and custody. That oh, if yes. you don't have stable housing, how do you expect a judge to give you any level of exactly. custody or um, parenting time? Exactly. My last question for you: If there's a not for profit in Missouri that's looking to create a relationship with child support, what does that look like, and what's the process to be able to do that? process is there's only one gen right in the state of missouri you google gen right and you send me an email and call me mm -hmm. and, and, and we'll work with you uh, i tell my staff all the time that i got a problem with saying no mm. and so my problem becomes their problem because i say yes and i give the work to them <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's what delegation means pass it on pay it forward yeah my burden so, is your burden pay yes, it forward sir. John, thank you so much, sir. I'm so glad I ran into you. Um, you got a friend for life. Whatever I thank can you. do from my um, purchase, whether it is my local you know, work that I'm doing in Georgia with our program or our national work with the Clearinghouse, however we can help you in the state of Missouri and resources and whatever we can do, just I'm only a phone call or text away. Okay. Um, well, same, same goes for me. If you need anything or, or I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, so let me know if you need anything. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Braswell. My guest today, John Genwright. He is the Deputy Director for Child Support in the state of Missouri. You heard him. Google him. That's the young folks would say. You want to know me? Google me. Right? Mm, yes, And sir. so until next Sunday, um, God bless and have a great week. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. You've been listening to I Am Dad Podcast. We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time. I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Because of this reminder, I will always understand that I am dad, period. <laughs>